This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, Hawke's Bay's community access radio station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawke's Bay voices on air. You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is the program called Dispute Solutions, and it's our pleasure, as always, to have in the studio Megan Williams from Dispute Solutions. How are you going, Megan? Great. Well, thanks, Ken. Here we are, under trying times. It is trying times during this um, lockdown. Uh, I've just been as busy as ever uh, with disputes. Disputes don't stop during lockdown. We obviously get lots of employment disputes because um, people are not knowing whether to go to work and the employers not sure on, you know, what their rights are with regards to the uh, subsidies and there's all sorts of problems going on. And then you've got your regular um, disputes where an employer might find that the employee has done something wrong. Things like not wearing a mask, you know, not adhering to the rules that the government have set down. So there's all sorts of problems that arise as a a result of lockdown. That's a good segue into uh, something um, which will just add to what we're going to talk about. I mean, um, if you're feeling, if you're a nervy type of person and uh, you really think that... uh, Turning up to work would might not be good for you because of you know because of COVID. Um, what are your rights? I mean, if you if you're in an, an industry, which for instance, uh, here we have an essential industry right here in radio. Okay, so I'm not saying I'm expected to turn up, but um, you know, if you're an essential industry and your boss says you need to come to work, buddy, what what, what are my rights there? Well, you if you if the boss says you need to come to work, buddy, and you are well mm-hmm. physically then you must come to work. It's as simple as that. But you must adhere to all the regulations, in other words, wearing a mask if you need to wear a mask, uh, social distancing, all the things that the government have put in, in train. But if you are an essential worker and your employer says you've got a contractual relationship and all those things in that contract still are to be adhered to. I wonder if we look at, uh, look at the contract side of it, perhaps, because you'll know if anyone knows, that's for sure. Um, I suppose when a lot of contracts were written up, Things like COVID weren't around. No, and it's interesting you say that because I've got some clauses that I have to put into employment. I don't have to, but I'm suggesting to put into um, employment agreements um, for my HR people that I, you know, the employers that I act for um, when they're bringing. Now, if you're bringing new people on, mm-hmm. you can put it um, in a clause with regards to pandemic and, and things like that. Yep. I mean, there's been floods recently, and people mm-hmm. wouldn't have been able to do work down in the South Island. There's been floods and up in Auckland West. And so there are um, situations that have been occurring regularly, unfortunately, where people haven't been able to go to work. And so there are certain um, clauses that you can put in an employment agreement to cover that, uh, to cover both the, the employee's rights and the employer's mm. rights. And of course, what is really important because of some of these clauses that are creeping in, it's really important that an employer gives the employee, before they start working, an opportunity to go through that employment agreement mm. and, and to seek advice if they want to. Because some of these, the, some of the terms can be quite draconian if you, um, if you don't know about them. You know, all of yes, a sudden indeed. you think, oh my gosh, my job can be finished because of this flood. You know, I didn't realise that. You know, what are my rights and all that sort of thing. Whereas if it's all written down there... In the, in the terms that you've agreed to to start with, well, you really wouldn't have a lead to stand no. on. So, you know, they're, they're, these things have got to be covered, I believe, because um, otherwise when things arise, people don't know what their rights are and, and, and the employer doesn't really know what his rights or his no, rights exactly. are either. So it's confusing. I wonder, though, apart from uh, this year and last year where the, the, pen, the, uh, the pandemic is something quite unique uh, in our times, if we wind the clock back to say, well, for instance, even when I started here 13 years ago, I mean, would my contract, because um, I'm so slack, I wouldn't have even read it. 
It's but, an employment agreement. But would it would it cover floods and that sort of thing? And well, it doesn't. Let them, a lot of them don't at the moment. Um, they do. There was some. Some of them had a clause as a force majeure, which is mm -hmm. a clause which says you know if you if something happens that they've got no. Um, control over yes and some clauses but they're very rare that i've seen them in employment agreements however um in the last couple of weeks i've been doing employment agreements for people and i have been putting in a clause to cover it's not caused that it's not called like an act of god called yes it's called just a, a clause through um unforeseen circumstances like you know and yeah. it, it just gives some examples but it just means that the, the employer um, just knows what it's allowed to do and the employee knows what the risks are. Sure. You often hear people say, uh, oh, I'm going to take a mental health day today. And you, you hear it more and more because, you know, I'm not surprised because people are going mad being locked down or whatever. Oh, is there such a thing as I'm just going to take a mental health day? No. Can you take a mental health day? No, no, you can't take a mental health day. <laughs> there's no such thing. And, and as you know, there's sick leave. Yes. And we can get 10 days sick leave. Mm -hmm. Now they've just changed the regulations. And it can have 10 days sick leave after you've been at that particular employment for six months. Mm -hmm. So once the six months kicks in, you're entitled to 10 days sick leave a year. And it can accumulate up to 20 days. Sure. Or if your employment says differently, it could accumulate more than that, but that would have to be written. But legally, it can accumulate up to 20 days. Now, um, that means that if you are unwell, you have a sick day. Now, if you are so stressed out that you have to take a day off, that's because you're unwell. It's nothing to do with stress leave or anything. There's either sick leave or there's, you're either well or you're sick. Yes. Now, if you take it, usually there's a clause in the agreement where over, if, you, if you're off for three days, you have to have a medical certificate to support that. Now, a person does not self-diagnose. Not even doctors can no. self-diagnose in a situation like that because it has to be um, diagnosed by a medical practitioner. Now, if you were, believe that you are um, mentally um, unwell mm -hmm. and you um, what they call stress leave, there's no such thing as stress leave. At sick leave, you will notice in no employment agreement will they have stress leave because it just doesn't simply does not exist. It is sick leave. And if you had the th if you were off for three days, you would have to have a medical certificate. Now, if you're off for a long period of time because of stress, you would find you would have to have not only a, um, a medical certificate from a GP, but they might even ask for it to be psychologically assessed. Sure. And under ACC, if you have um, an accident and it causes you stress, which quite a lot of my ACC clients, for a long period of time if they're in pain and they find their life is just falling apart mm. beneath them because of all sorts of things, they can't physically do anything, you will find that that will often call what we call a mental injury. Sure. And they to be covered for the mental injury, which can be a consequence of a physical injury, they have to be psychologically assessed and have to be certified that they are depressed or unwell you know, psychologically. What's the, uh, my right as an employer in that situation? So someone who is uh, psychologically depressed and they, they go through the, uh, uh, the procedures and they are indeed psychologically depressed, uh, is my right as an employer, for instance, their doctor might say, okay, well, you probably need to take two or three months off, Ken. Um, am I, as a, an employer, then able to say to Ken, hey, look, I need someone to do this work. I'm afraid I'm going to have to let you go. Is that possible for me to do that, or am I forbidden from that? No, if you, it depends on certain things. Now, if a person is unwell um, due to an injury, well, then they're covered by ACC. Mm -hmm. um, if they are on ACC for a long period of time, 
an employer can deter terminate that employment relationship because the employer has offered the person a job and in response to that the person has agreed to do the job. Now if the person is unable to do that job, they're obviously in breach of that employment agreement. Mm -hmm. However, in saying that, the employer must carry out a procedural fair process to do that. And that involves having meetings or these days, you know, telephone conversations sure. yes. um, or emails. Um, but I would I would not dismiss someone by email. I would talk to them on the phone or if face-to-face um, -face is mm -hmm. better, obviously. But, of course, at the moment with lockdown, that's very difficult. But, as, but you can, and so in doing that, the employer would have to ask what would the prognosis be for that condition, whether it's, um, if it is a mental health condition, mm -hmm. so they would, they would they give them the time off. Now, of course, they're allowed 10 days a year sick leave, and if they've been certified by a medical practitioner that they are depressed, well, then um, they the employer they would have to have the 10 days sick leave that they would have to pay for if they've been there for over six months. And then following on from that, they do not have to pay anything further. Mm. However, if they cannot terminate unless they ask them, now when, is, when are you likely to come back to work? Now, if the GP certifies, well, they need another month off, well, then the employer would have to say, well, I'm really struggling with that because we need somebody to do the job and if they would try and get someone to stand in for that month and the employer, to be fair and reasonable, would probably say, well, you know, at the end of that time, if you aren't able to come back, well, then we'll have to look at terminating your employment agreement. We'll have, we'll have a look at that at the time. Mm. But so, so, in other words, no surprises. So yes. the employer knows what's happening and the employee knows what's happening. But you can't just say, you know, after the 10 days, Goodbye, your history, <laughs> because it's it's got to be what kicks in is the working in good faith clause sure. of the Employment Relations Act, and both parties must work in good faith. The employee must give the employer all the information they have, in other words, what the doctor's diagnosed, how long the medical certificate's for, and when are they likely to be able to return to work. In the same token, the employer cannot terminate that employment unless they've looked at that and worked with the person to try and get them back as soon as possible and keep their job open as soon as possible. But if they can't, because, because there's no sort of meeting of the minds, well then yes they can. Can you dismiss someone or can I leave a, a job through a third party, so I mean, here you are, you're, you're a, a mediator, and you're either working for employers or employees, but could I say to you, look, I'm a bit of a softy, you know, can we go through the process, there's old Ken, there's, there's big, you know, this is the problem, uh, I've got to let him go, do I need to let him go, or can I get you to let him go for me? Oh, of course, you can ask me to come in and yeah. help you do through the process. In fact, that's I advise yes. someone to come in and, 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 and have somebody with them, both employee and, or employer, because, you know, it's an emotional thing yes, for both indeed. parties. And to have that third party present to help the process is very advantageous because you, you can actually um, say it, reword it, so as the people can understand. I mean, if you're talking about me helping personally, <laughs> I'll be watching the body language of both yes. parties. I'll be sussing out whether the whether the employees likely to take a personal grievance or whether the employer is being very blunt and you know hang on a minute you can't say that yeah. you know I'll be helping them both being able to come to the end result that is um, the best now um, one little thing that I try to do and it's 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 legally okay but often sometimes I get um, a bit of um, resistance if an employee is on ACC and they um, 
the employer is saying, well, hang on a minute, well, I need someone to do the job. I mean, obviously, if, especially in a small business, mm. they need that person there. They're an integral, they can be an integral part of the business. And then there's this gap. The work's not being done, therefore the business isn't making money. And so um, but, but what if they say, look, we're going to have to let the person go, they might have a lot of sick leave sitting there. Now, there might be a month's worth of, yeah. of not sick leave, sorry, holiday pay. Mm -hmm. Because once that person leaves, all the holiday pay must be paid to them. Yeah. Now, if they're on ACC weekly compensation, that, that will stop while they get their holiday pay. Because you can't be paid for the same time sure. double. So what I often try and say to the employer is, can you hold fire with that holiday pay until further down the track when the person is well enough I, mm. we appreciate that you can't keep the job open for a long period of time but could you just keep that holiday bay on the books so as so as that can be a little buffer when the person is well enough to go back to work to while they're trying to find another job yeah now Good um, point. you know it's, it's a little it's like a loophole yes it's a little loophole but often the employers won't They'll say, oh, no, no, we want our box clear. And that is, is, I feel, is a bit of a disadvantage for the person because their weekly comp will stop with ACC, which is kind of fair enough, and often they have a bit of trouble getting back on again. Yes. And and so that's the bit I don't like, because then the person has actually financially been disadvantaged. And it's through nobody's actual fault. It's just, just an area where... I think they're not having a holiday, no. you know, it's, they're getting their holiday pay, as they should, legally they've earned it, but they're not, they're, they're not having a holiday. I like to tap it on the end, you know, when, when they can get physically well enough to go and try and find another job. I wonder if you just wind the tape back just a little bit. You mentioned that um, we have to have a medical certificate after three days. Now, I'm just looking at my own, from my own point of view, I'm a, I'm a machine. In my 50 years of working, I have had five days off sick. What's to stop me, if I was a, a person of that type, of that nature, to say, okay, well, if I split my 10 days sick leave, I can have some long weekends. I'll have two days, I'll have Monday and Tuesday off for the next, until I get rid of my 10 days sick leave. What's to stop me abusing that? Nothing. So why don't you have to have a medical certificate after one day? Why shouldn't well, if, you? If the, if, if the employer is suspicious, mm -hmm. they can demand a medical certificate, but they've got to pay for that doctor's All visit. Right. Okay. So you do have to front up if the, if the you, boss if you, suspects if, you of yeah, having if a... The, if the doc, uh, and they have to, the um, boss would have, the employer would have to give the reasons why they suspect. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my wife saw you down at KFC, yes, 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 right. you know, and so you can't be too sick. Um, but they, the, the difference is they must pay for that medical certificate because they've requested the medical certificate. And they haven't, you know, the, the agreement between the parties is that it's the third day that the medical certificate has to be produced mm. by the employee. So if the employer wants it for um, a sooner period of time than that, well, then they must pay for it. Could that be written into your contract initially that uh, you must supply uh, a medical certificate if you have more than one day off? Could that be part of, or it is this part be, of a law? It, anything, anything is, is uh, you know, can be agreed to, but, um, you know, if, if, it would be a bit tough if you yes. made the person get, because, you know, we all can have a, a nasty cold that you sure. feel, look, I don't want to go to work today, I just need one day off just to get rid of this cold, because otherwise I'm going to spread it to everybody else in the office. Yeah, sure. And so, you know, one day off, or even two days off, 
is sort of fair and reasonable before. And I mean, that can be attached to the weekend. Like, say you're not yeah. well on a Wednesday evening and then have a couple of days off and you're back at work Monday. Well, you've had the four days to get better. Sure. And with a cold or something like that, I mean, that's quite feasible. So, you know, we, we shouldn't judge people just because it happens to be a Thursday and a Friday. <laughs> But if it was happening on a regular basis, of course you're going to smell a rat. And I, I know when I had my flower shop, the girls, on especially because it was a seven-day-a-week um, shop, and because I worked all week because I had you know a young child at home at the time, and um, so I'd have young girls helping me in the weekends. Well, I can tell you the number of times <laughs> on a Sunday morning they'd ring up, they weren't well, because yeah. they weren't well because they had a hangover the night before. <laughs> But you know that's the, that, when you're in business. You know that's the thing that happens, and sure. that's what that's you know that's the risk you take when you go into business. I suppose it's probably uh, a bit different back to when you had your flower shop because, um, yeah, people. I'm not saying they weren't covered by such things as the Privacy Act now, but you know, I could say I'm not telling you what's wrong with me. I'm just being sick. You got to take my word for it. Well, that's right, and I mean that's that's all to do with relationships. Yes, you of know, course if, it is. If, you know whether whether you have trust and confidence. It's all about trust. You know, an employment relationship is all about trust and confidence. Yeah. And you know, if people abuse that trust and confidence, well, that it'll bite them in the backsides one day. <laughs> so you know, that's the way it works, isn't it? Yes, it will. So uh, I mean, um, here you are. You're flat out like a lizard drinking, and uh, you're working through uh, through lockdown, really. So. Why are you so busy? Is it because people are now suffering, are well, experiencing more problems because of employment issues because of lockdown? Or just as a dis-business as usual? No, I think ACC have got tough, and I think because there's a lot of ACC um, work I've got. Uh, I just have a, uh, employment stuff seems to go a bit in cycles, but yes, I have got a lot of that at the moment. I don't know, I don't know really why. Um, I don't know why I'm really busy, yeah. but we are really busy, and maybe it's we, you know, we get some positive outcomes, or yeah. people like working with us, or um, can yeah. can cover be used as an excuse on either behalf of an employer or an employee to say, hey, look, you know, we've been closed down for two weeks, and uh, you know, business has gone through the floor. I'm going to have to get rid of you. Well, yes, um, in redundant for a redundancy process, mm -hmm. as long as it's done in a procedural fair, procedurally fair manner. Um, yes, you can make redundancies um, during COVID because if you've got no money coming in and of course the government have got the government subsidies for a self-employed person, they have got a subsidy if a person's in business by themselves so they can get that support. If they can produce that, the their income has reduced by 40% yes. over that period of time. And you, also they've got subsidy for employees. They have to name the employees and um, the the employee, the specific employee that that money will be going to go to, they've got yeah. to put that in the application, which is as exactly as it should be. And so, but sometimes, because the doors have been closed, even with those subsidies, um, a, the business is not making money. Mm. And if you are not making money in a business, businesses are not necessarily a charity organisation. No, of course not. You know, and if you haven't got the money to keep that those doors open, because it's not just the wages. It's all oh. the other things you've got, your rent, sure. your power, you know, all those other things. And, of course, a lot of businesses recently have lost a lot of stock because if it's perishable goods, you know, that unless they've got it insured, um, you know, they, that is a loss. So, yes, you can make people redundant during this, this process, but you would have to do it in a procedurally fair way. So you, the most important thing is to discuss it with the employees and also get it in writing, get a plan. 
and in that plan include the consultation process with the staff so as the staff know exactly what are going, is going on yep. in writing. Don't just give them a, a, a call and vaguely say, look, I don't know whether I can keep this, you know, all these tar jobs open. Yep. Um, vague, vague, vague. Then all of a sudden, sort of three weeks down the track, they get a lot of uh, a letter to say that their employment, they, they're terminated because due to redundancy. That's not the way to consult. No. So, would it be a fair assumption for me to make then perhaps is that if I was an employee and I fully understand you as the employer saying, look, Ken, you know, we've been closed now for the last months and uh, I've got to let you go. I'm going to make you redundant. Would it be a fair assumption for me as an employee to make perhaps that when you reopen that you're going to take me back or is, does that um, redundancy exclude me from coming back as a, as a fair right? You can right. do anything by agreement. If, yep. you, if you believe that that's a fair and reasonable thing to do, of course ask for it. Although I did know someone who had a, um, and it might have been that they were lucky that they negotiated, that uh, they were made redundant, but part of the redundancy uh, agreement was that if that company then required a person to do that same job again, they had to be offered the job first. Is well, that, is that part of everyone's? Yeah, no, 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 it's not part of everybody's because you... you Sometimes in a restructure, which of course is what pre is a prerequisite for a redundancy, yes. often in a restructure they will want to get uh, the right people in the right place. And so they do use that process often to what they call restructure, true restructure, where they might find that they can utilise the tasks of perhaps one person to take the place of two mm. because of the different skills that they have. And so, and you're allowed to run your business however you like, but the thing you've got to do is keep those Keep your people informed. What you've got to remember if you're an employer is you're dealing with people's lives. And a person's job is their life. It is their identity and it is the source of their mm. income which feeds their family, puts a roof over their head and is their life. And so you've got to remember that if you're making somebody redundant, you're taking away that from sure. their life. And so if you remember that, you'll just treat them how you'd want to be treated yourself, how you'd want to treat someone of your own family. Because, you know, that way you will get that re fair and reasonable way and the working in good faith. I suppose as part of the problem, and I think just judging from what you're saying there, there are probably not a lot of businesses, and I might be totally wrong here, I've got my broad brush out, that uh, you know, all of a sudden here we are coasting along quite nicely and then tomorrow we're in level four. And you know, we're only in level four for two weeks and people are saying, well, my business is, is kaput. So I would, have, I would have known a long time before that, wouldn't I, that something wasn't quite right. So at what stage do you have to keep you, at what stage might it be advisable to tell your employees that? Well, that's the, that's the $64,000 yes, question, isn't it? Because I remember when I first had uh, my flower shop years and years ago, what are we talking, over 30 years yes. ago, or 40 years ago, um, when I had an overdraft, in those days everybody had overdrafts for their business, probably still do, I don't know, I, I've had them for ages, but... Um, you know, you would think, oh gosh, can I pay my 20th this month? And I remember writing them all out, putting them in the envelopes and putting them in the drawer. And as the money came in, you sort of post yes. another one, you know. <laughs> Golly, when I take that, takes me down. <laughs> but um, so that has always been a question in business. At what point do we pull the plug? Yes. And so I, don't, I can't really answer that. It's up to, you know, how much you've got 
what is your I always had a plan B yeah and and so you know but you have got people's lives that are depending on you when you're an employer and you've got to remember that and so you've got to be fair and reasonable I mean I'm not saying that you share everything with them mm. so as they get scared stuff and you sort of they, and they, they, they take over and find another yeah. job because they're a bit scared to stay with you but I think if you have once you have decided to restructure and you and you're thinking of perhaps taking getting rid of a, a job you don't get rid of the people when you nope. restructure you get rid of a position um, well then, you know, then the sooner you start to consult with them, the better. Because they might, look, they might be pregnant and they're going sure. to leave anyway. They might um, be wanting to, their husband's got a job in another city, they might be yeah. going. So, you know, if you don't talk about it, no. you, you, you know. You're That's what it's all about, about, communication, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Just about our time, just remind our listeners, Megan, we want to talk to you about a dispute either side of the coin, employer, employee, because you help both people. How do we do that? You call us on 878-5607. That's the landline. Or 0274-739-255. And then um, or send me an email, Megan at disputesolutions.co.nz or go on to our website, www.disputesolutions.co.nz. Good on you, Megan. My pleasure, as always. You look after yourself. We'll talk to the same time, same place next time. Okay, take care, Ken. Bye-bye. This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, Hawke's Bay's community access radio station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawke's Bay voices on air.